0: Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just, you guys, it's just so amazing. Just love you. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to be blessed, uh, you know, thanking God for his good mercy and grace. And I tell you, if you weren't here Sunday, like I said, and if you were here and you got told we weren't having service and you left, I apologize for that. Uh, The majority showed up and they made us have church. It was awesome. And uh, it was fun. Yeah, it was good. Uh, and Pastor Pamela preached a message that she's probably never going to be able to preach again. But I mean, she wants to preach it, but it won't be the same. But praise God! But she made a statement there for in John's Gospel, uh, chapter five, which about the guy at at the pool of Bethesda there, and uh, and basically she was quoting what he was saying. He said, "I can't, they won't, but Jesus did." You know, many times, and, and I'm gonna, I, and that just did just burned in me. In fact, as soon as she said it, I put it on Facebook. I thought, you know, glory to God. He He said, I can't. They said they won't. But Jesus did. Hallelujah. And you know, I began to just meditate on that this week. And I've been meditating on it. And the Lord just began to just stir some things in my heart, and he gave me a message. And so I began to write things down and began to look at some things. And so the title of my message, and it's going to be, it's not going to, we're not going to get done, uh, you know, just in going through and looking at things, you know, I I went through 25 different scriptures and uh, just looking at it. And man, I tell you, I got so blessed, I could hardly stand it, and then I, I... I had a bunch of minister friends of mine call me this week, uh, you know, just talking to them and we were sharing. And so I just began to preach to them. They're all like, man, you better write that down. I said, I know I better write that down. It's good stuff. So they said, are going to have to, you know, but I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And uh, the title tonight and the title for this whole thing is, He Promised. He Promised. He Promised. I know that we live in a world of broken promises. We live in a world where people's words don't mean anything. But how do you know that if God does not fulfill his word, the world gets destroyed? Because the Bible says that the world is all held together. The whole universe and the world is all held together by his word. He spoke it into existence. Remember Hebrews 11.3 says the worlds were framed by the word of God. So everything, the whole world, the whole universe, everything. So if you get up and the sun rises, you get up and the day is still here, God's word is still true. And so he promised some things. He promised some things. And so we're going to get into this because I want to share with you about the promises of God. You know, so many people, they only take one promise or they take this thing here. Now, thank God they take hold of the right promise so they can be saved, but they never take hold of any other promises they never taking any of any other word. How many of you know that, that we walk in truth, we walk, and we get to know more and more? We're going to continue to walk and follow the Lord, and we're going to get to know Him better and better and better. Amen? Amen? See, here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 and... and um, you know, it says for all the promises of God. I'm going to read out of the King James, and then I'm going to read out of the New Living. Okay, it says for all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, Amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now He which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. And then verse 22 says, Who has sealed us and uh, given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts, Amen. The New Living Translation says this, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with the resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means yes. And he ascends to God for his glory, and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised. And he has promised us. See, God not only did God promise it, but he promised it to us. Everything in the word of God has been promised to us for the heirs of salvation. Everything, every promise in the Bible. Notice he said all of the promises of God are yes and amen. Amen? All of the promises of God. Now, we know that people don't want to receive it. They don't want to hear it. There's a lot of things. But glory to God. I just always say, listen, if you don't want your part, I'm going to take yours. That's okay. That's okay. I'm going to take yours. That's okay. I'm using yours. Amen. Now I want you just to sit back a second because I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you and then we're going to launch into this. Okay. But I want to get it out there and I want to get it on there because I want to get biblical uh, truth out there. I'm going to read a lot of it out of the New Living Translation because I think it gives it more modern, uh, tone here to it. Uh, and so, and I have my King James up here if I want to go back to it. So. In Acts chapter 2, verse 33, it says, Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor. We just sang a song about that. He, Jesus, is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us. Just as you see and hear today, this promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. God. Amen? Uh, listen, you got to understand the Holy Spirit. Let me just share something with you. You know why most people in the world don't get a hold of the promises of God? It's because they have a wrong, wrong doctrine and a wrong theology about the sovereignty of God. Amen. What you think about the sovereignty of God determines how you receive from him. If you think, well, God's God, he's going to do anything, whatever he wants to do, he's going to do it, then, then we'll just let God be God. If you have that attitude, you're not going to receive any of the promises of God. Thank you for your overwhelming thought process right now. We got you thinking. How you think and how you think about the sovereignty of God determines how you receive from Him. It really does. How I many you know God is sovereign? He can never change. I am the Lord God, I change not. So I so, said, well, see, God never changes. I know. Hallelujah. But then God gave us a whole book to show who he is. And if you just stick it in the Old Testament, you're going to think God's going to kill you next second. Thank God for the for Jesus. (laughs) Amen? Thank God for grace. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. And understanding, coming into some things. But thank God, if you only stick over in the New Testament, you'll never read about his glory and his power of what he did in the Old Testament. You need to understand, we take both sides of everything. But see, people have this very, very misconception of the sovereignty of God. And that's not my message, but it's something very, very important to understand. Well, God is God. I believe if God does something, he does it forever, blah, blah, blah. Problem with that is, is that the Bible tells us that we got to hold on to the things of God because there's an enemy that's coming immediately to steal the word. The Bible says the sower sows the word. And if you hear the word, then if you hear the word, God gave you the word, then it should never be stolen. But the very next phrase says that the devil's going to come immediately to steal the word. Amen. Revelation tells us we got to hold fast to that which is good. And that's why people start out great, but they mess up. Because, see, when you understand that God is sovereign, but God bound himself to his word. God cannot go against this book. So, so why, well, you can't do it? No, we can't, because this is the book he told us. That this is our manual. This is what he told us. Because, because you know, everybody wants to believe John 3, 16. Thank God it's an awesome verse. It's a great verse. Yeah, we want to get saved. But how many of you know all of this word is, is the word of God? And let me tell you another thing. Isn't the word of God the same in every circumstance? Isn't the word of God the same when you've got plenty of money in the bank, you feel good, you know, feel good, have money, we'll travel. Hallelujah. Isn't the word of God saying same as if you got it where you don't have any money, you don't feel good? Isn't the word of God still true? Does your lifestyle change the word? Not at all. The key is is that some of us know how to receive the promises of God. Some of us understand the sovereignty of God, which is is that God's bound to his word. And we're not forcing God to do anything. That's so funny. People say, well, you're just trying to to do this and make God do something. (laughs) Let me just give you a real revelation. How many of you that none of us in this room and nobody watching and nobody in the whole world can make God do anything? (laughs) That's so funny. I laugh at them. People say, you're trying to, ma-? I say, you're trying to manipulate God. How many of you know that there's none of us who can manipulate God? How many of you know that God's a lot smarter than we are? But how many you know God's not a man that he should lie? How many of you know that God gave us promises? Now, when you promise somebody, and I've got kids, when I promise them to do something, you know, I always fulfilled my promise. That's why they know my word is good. I didn't promise things I couldn't do. See, now, I mean, We've all messed up and done things. We've said things, hey, I want to, and then messed up by it. But when you promise, and God promised, amen? Now, now, listen, this. this is in Romans chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 13 through 21 out of the New Living Translation. This is about Abraham and his faith here and about God's promise, not only to him, but we're going to find out. These are God's promises to us. This is clearly God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. It is, you know, it's it's, it's pointing. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. We are all certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, amen, it says if we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope Abraham kept hoping believing that he would become the father of many nations for God had said to him that's how many descendants you will have and Abraham's faith did not weaken even though about a hundred years of age he figured his body was as good as dead and so it was Sarah's womb Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise in fact his faith grew stronger and in this he brought glory to God, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Amen? You know, as we go down to see in uh, there in Galatians chapter 3 in verse 13, 14, and as you look at that, and then, and then also verse 29 and stuff, it says, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Amen? Hallelujah. The Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, the power of God. You know, and, and I love what it says that even though here and um, <clears throat> let me read this the next thing to you here let me, the scripture is this is Galatians 3 so let me I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Translation I quoted out of the King James it says but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing for it is written in the scriptures cursed as everyone who is hung on a tree through Christ Jesus God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to abraham that's us amen so that we who were our believers might receive the promised holy spirit through faith dear brothers and sisters here's an example from everyday life just as no one can set aside or amend or irrevocable agreement so it is in this case god gave the promise to abraham and his child hallelujah and notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children as if it meant many descendants. No, rather it says to his child, and that, of course, means Christ. That that This is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise, and he can't break his promise. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise, but God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now, the mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scripture declares that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. And it's the promise. Now, lest you understand what the promise of God to Abraham. God came to Abraham in, in Genesis chapter 12, and he told Abraham to come out of the land of the earth of the Cali and come and come into a land and be a soldier. And he said, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless you. And he says, I'm going to bless you spirit, soul, and body. He said, I'm going to bless you. Hallelujah. Uh, with his his blessings with that. And people have a tendency, they don't God said, I'm going to bless you abundantly. He said, I'm in fact, God even told us, I'm going to make you rich, and that just makes everybody nervous. Because everybody and Abraham was the one, you know, one of the richest or the richest one at that time on the earth, and because God blessed him, God was also going to make sure that he walked in health, and God was going to make sure that he was blessed in all of his doings, amen. Hallelujah. And we know the curse of the law is second death, amen. It's sickness. And it's poverty Those are the three curses of the law And the Bible says We've been redeemed from those So we've been redeemed from sickness We've been redeemed from poverty And we've been redeemed from second death Glory to God We're going to get to make heaven We're born again Amen See God desires for us to walk You know, you know why God made you a three part being He made your spirit to be born again That's the person that got alive unto God And he gave you a soul He gave you a mind A will and an emotion Because he didn't want robots Amen. He wanted you to understand how great he is. He wanted you to understand how you could take hold of his truth. And he wanted people who would walk by faith, who would actually believe him in the midst of chaos. Amen. Hallelujah. He did that. Glory to God for us and for you and for I. So that we would do it. And thank God, you know, I'm not sure, you know, the fleshly part of it, he just knew that was going to be something we had to have. That's our earth suit in order to live here. Amen. The only reason you need your flesh is so you can stay on the earth. If you don't have your flesh, you get to go to heaven. Without it, you're not going to live here. Amen? Amen. But why, if God's promised and he's given us these things, and I've got a whole other scripture. If God's promised us all of these things and he's given us the promises that he has here, why are we not believing and walking in light of those things? That's because the enemy is a deceiver. Mm -hmm. He loves to deceive you. He really does. And he's deceived the body of Christ because I'm going to make some statements to you that are going to help you immensely, but they're also going to challenge your thought process and they're going to challenge it and they're going to really see where you're at. Because most people understand the law of faith, but most people don't have the spirit of faith. They understand how they're supposed to say and do and what they're supposed to do, but why isn't it working? See, the promises of God's they're supposed to be fulfilled. They're supposed to come to pass. Amen? I mean, Luke 137 in the Amplified Bible says this, For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word of God shall be without power or without or impossible of fulfillment. Remember what Isaiah 55, verse 11 is? It's, it's, it's the, the scripture, it's the whole thing about prayer. He said, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Amen? It'll not return unto me void but it will accomplish the thing whereunto I sent it and it will prosper in it. Hallelujah. God sent his word. God spoke his word and think that nine times in Genesis chapter one, God said and nine times it was so. Amen. We see the word of God. But here's what happens to us is that in the body of Christ, the devil said, yeah, 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 that's real cool. And people get all excited about it. Yes, well, I really believe that. I really do. It's really good. And I'm looking forward to it and I'm believing for it. Do you know that believing for it's not faith? <laughs> it's getting hot in here now. Hallelujah. Here you go, sweetheart. I'm about to preach. <laughs> believing for it's not faith. See, because we're believing for something, we're believing about something, we want to, believing for something has got it out there in the future. So many people are believing for the manifestation. I'm looking for the manifestation. But that's not faith. God didn't tell us to look for something. He didn't tell us to believe for something. He told us to look into something. He told us to believe in something and someone. Paul didn't say, he said, I know in what I believe. He said, I know in whom I believe. Amen? See, the promise is is that we're all looking, I'm looking for the manifestation instead of looking at the promise. God promised it. God gave you his word. Mm -hmm. And we step out to go look and we see. He promised. He promised this. He promised this. Amen? Mm -hmm. See, we're looking at these instead of looking at the promise. When you look at the promise, you get it. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, what things have you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You got to believe that you receive them. If you're looking at the promise and God said you're healed or God said you're blessed or God said you're strong, God said you've got these things, then you're not waiting to get it. You are walking in it. You're not looking for it. What happened? Uh oh. Oh yeah. Turn that over the way. Yeah. How about that? There you go. Hey. You can dress them up, but you can't, you know, it's the way to go. Can't take the country can't take the country boy out of them. Well, you know, I do that so I can take that off real quick. If it's back there, I can't reach it. So Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And now I know I got you all thinking. I got you all your whole brains are going up and down, a little scrambling right there. Hallelujah. See the problem is is that we're looking for something, wanting to get something, wanting to, instead of believing in it, and believing in something. You gotta believe in the promise and in the promiser. Yes. And faith is always now, it's in the now time, it's in now. It's that well, I'm believing for this. No, yeah, and you could be, and that's where you're having a confession unto. There is a confession unto faith, and that's okay. That's okay. But see, real faith, heart faith, real believing, real standing, real trusting, real knowing the word of God is that it's yours now. See, heart faith is that you actually believe it and you believe it enough to act upon it. You know, uh, it's of the heart and faith is always in the now. See, there's always two sides to everything. People have a tendency to think, well, see, if God's God, God just, I just believe if God does something, it just stays. It's funny because so many people you can ask who started out good but have been knocked by the wayside. I know a lot of people who, man, were in mass healings. They were in great, and they got healed. And you saw that they got it. And they were healed for a while, six, eight months. Even Some of them got healed for years, several years. And then all of a sudden the same symptoms came back. See, my faith or somebody else's faith can get you healed temporarily for a while, but we got to get you faith in you so you can hang on to it. We got to get faith in you so you can take hold of it. Because if you want it long lasting, you got to grab it. You got to take hold of it. You got to grab a hold of this. Amen? See, there's there's always God's side and our side. Our side is not the doing side. Our side is the believing side and the saying side. Our side is the believing and the saying. And this is why right. most Christians aren't, it, you know, and, and, you know, we get into this all the time, get really, but I believe that, that they're almost 50-50. i used to say, nobody, they're all doing good on the believing. They're not doing good on the confessing. I think they're both the same. Because if you actually start believing, and believe is a verb. So you believe to get into faith. Uh, there's a confession unto faith. Like I say, now I've had a lot of people say, that's not right. It is right. You can, you can school yourself into faith. You can you begin to tell yourself, you know, I'm going to believe this. I'm going to keep saying this till I do believe it. I'm going to school myself in faith. I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep saying this because I know this is truth. I know that this is what it's supposed to be in my life. It may not be in my life right now, but this is what it's supposed to be in my life. And I'm going to believe that. But see, you'll get it and you'll receive it. and the, And then the manifestation will come when you have a confession of faith. The confession unto faith, which is not wrong. Glory to God. Speak the word. Speak the word. People are going to say, well, I don't see that in your life. It doesn't matter what you see. It only matters what I see. And I'm bringing this to pass. Why? Because he promised. He promised eternal life. And I believe that. He promised to be with me. Never leave me nor forsake me. He promised that I'd be healed that I'm whole. He promised me health. He promised me. He promised me. Jesus bore my, my sickness and my infirmities. Matthew 8, 17. Who himself bore our infirmities. And everybody wants to say, well, he, that was, he did that. Jesus did that so he could fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. He did that, yes, to fulfill that prophecy and to do it for the whole earth. If Jesus didn't die for all of us to be saved, amen? See, the problem is, is that, well, yeah, he did that for salvation. Well, why did Jesus say in Luke chapter 5 when he said, hey, your sins are forgiven? They got all freaked out about the man born of four. They put him down. He didn't say be old. He said, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees went ballistic. Who can forgive sin but God alone? He says, so that you may know that the, the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. He tells them, take up your bed and walk. But before that, he says, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise and walk? The answer to that question is they're both easy because they both are on the cross. They both, because they're in Jesus. Jesus not only saved us, he healed us. It's the same thing, but people get mad. They get frustrated. No, 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 no. They don't want to believe it because they don't want to see the promise. But I always tell people, it's not for you. I'm taking your part. I'm taking a double healing. I'm taking double prosperity. I'm taking whatever I can get. If you don't want to believe it, I believe it. And I'm telling God, hey, God, they're not using theirs. I can Bring it over Here. They don't want it. They're not believing you for it. You know, it's, it's funny because, but there's, how many of you know there's more than enough in heaven for all of us? Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> See, because there's always, not only is there always two sides to everything, God's side and our side, there's always two truths. There's always two truths. There's a physical fact there's a physical truth. There's a natural truth. There's always a spiritual fact. There's always a biblical truth. And they're always coming against each other. The fact that says, hey, you've got these symptoms. Hey, you've got this. Hey, this is what's coming again. It's a fact of what doctors say. It's a fact of what it is. You know, and it's a physical fact. It's a natural fact. It's a fact. And if you want to say it's a natural truth. But we got a spiritual truth over here. That says, by Jesus' stripe you're healed. That Jesus himself bore your infirmities and carried your sicknesses. That Jesus, you said, you're redeemed from the curse of the law. The curse of the law, man. Deuteronomy 28 gives all these And it says down there in 61 or 62, it says, if there's any other diseases, any other sicknesses, anything else that ever comes, you've been redeemed from that too. If it's not written near anything else, it says it's there. You've been redeemed from it. And redeemed means hallelujah, glory to God, you've been bought. Hallelujah. That you no longer, it no longer can come on you. It can't stay. Because there's a biblical truth. And he promised. Who promised? God promised. The Lord Jesus promised. And the Holy Spirit's enforcing it. See, there's always this sense knowledge truth, this natural truth. And it's so hard. It's easy to believe God when everything's going good. It's hard when you're sick. It's hard when, you know, financially everything looks bad. You got bills, you got all this stuff. It's very difficult. But in the midst of it, that still doesn't change the word of God. It does not change it. He promised. He promised. I mean, that's what made Abraham so amazing is that God came down and said, hey, I'm going to do all this. Abraham's like, cool. Now, we know they messed up. We know how the thing is here. But glory to God, the promise still came to pass. Amen? See, because not only is there two sides, not only is there two truths, but there's two kinds of faith. And we see it all the time. See, the Thomas kind of faith is believing for. I got to see it. I'm believing for this to happen. I'm believing for this. I'm, I'm believing for this. I'm believing for this. I'm believing in the presence of God. I'm believing in the power of God. God's here. There's another thing we all mess up as we say, "I'm believing for revival," but it's not faith. We have no faith for it. We got to believe in revival. I mean, I, that's that's been the whole thing in my life recently, this year, and just some things is, is stirring up my own heart. And I've been looking elsewhere. I've been looking a lot of places and. Pastor Femme and I have been talking a lot. It's just in, in my heart, you know, there's there's some things. And then just recently some things taking place. Just And God's just, you know, this week is, like I said, just putting some pieces together, putting some things together so I can know, okay, here we go. And I don't have all the answers, but I'm seeing a truth that's going to set us free because it's, it's now. It's in it. It's realizing that when you believe in the power of God and you believe in in the now of right now. You're not believing for, but you're believing in it because I'm believing in the promises. Amen? I'm not looking. I'm looking into the promise. I'm looking into the perfect law of liberty. I, I'm looking unto Jesus who's the author and the finisher of my faith. Amen? I, I see Jesus. I see him in this. And there is two, two kinds of faith. You know, we, co- we humorously call it the Thomas kind of faith and the Abraham's kind of faith. Thomas kind of said, what did Thomas say? I ain't not going to believe anything until I can see it. I want to put my finger in his his hand. I want to thrust my hand in his side. And when I do that, then I'll believe. So eight days later, Jesus shows up, walks in through the wall, walks into the room, and he says, hey, Thomas, get over here. Put your finger in here. Put your hand in there. Don't be faithless, you know, so that you'll be believing. And then Thomas is like, oh, my God. He's like all excited. and He's like, Thomas, You know, you're happy because you got to see this. He said, But guess what? Blessed are those who believe who have not seen. He didn't commend Thomas for what he was doing, because Thomas walked by sense. Thomas walked by what he was seeing. Amen. Thomas began to walk. He walked just like that man at the at the at the pool of Bethesda. He says, I can't do what did Jesus say. Do you want to be healed? Well, I wouldn't be laying here if I didn't want to be healed. That's a dumb question. And the guy's like I can't get up there. Every time I try to get up there, get up there to do it. And and he says, says, you know, somebody else said, but he said, I have nobody to help me. You know, and that's what happens to many of us. We're looking for somebody else to be the answer. The Savior shows up and he asks us a question and we're like, I can't and they won't. What am I going to do? And Jesus says, I can because isn't it funny in the Old Testament God said I've given you the land isn't it funny God said I've given you the land but how many of you know there were giants in the land how many of you know that uh, they had to possess the land they had to go and have battles now, they, the first one, it wasn't a battle. The first one, they walked in and walked around. Nobody said a word after seven days, and then they walked around seven times the seven day, and then they let out this shout, and the whole walls just completely fell down, and God gave them, and God said, don't touch this. We know that, you know, uh, uh, you know we know that the, the son of Achan, he actually took some stuff. Then they went to a little bitty town called Ai, and they got destroyed, and 36 people got killed because of one man's sin. Funny thing about it, the man that sinned wasn't going to battle, but it had an effect on the whole. But they still had to possess the land. God said, "I've given you everywhere you go, but you still got to possess the land." That's why Joshua didn't understand. He said, "Hey, they're sinning again," the but they still had to fight the battles. See, we have a tendency to think, "Yeah, well, God, I'm believe you. I'm going to believe this, believe that." But you still got to fight your battles. You still got to step. You got to listen to the Spirit of God. You still got to be led by the Spirit in doing what God says. Amen? Because there's always a God side to the battle and there's always a man side to every battle. You know, there's a Godward side and a manward side to every battle and every victory. And God will always lead you into victory because the battle's not yours, but the Lord's. Amen. (laughs) Amen? Amen? The battle's not yours, but the Lord's. He's got some things for us. So we got to stop believing for and looking. Listen, now is the time. This is the hour to receive. This is the hour to grab a hold of and say, okay, time out, time out. This is what we're going to do. You know, because what happens is, is that the devil tries to defeat us and he tries to deceive us that we're waiting to see something. Amen. And like I said in the beginning, and I heard this many years ago but this is something your stand on the sovereignty of God determines whether you receive from him or not and so what, what do you mean by that well if you think that everything in your life is up to God then you're going to not know whether it's the will of God if what's going on is God doing it if God's saying it am I going through something is this really am I, am I doing this because God wanted me to be here or am I doing this you know if everything happened in my life, is it, is it because of God, or is he just doing this to me? Amen yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> you know you look at that what well, doesn 't matter doesn 't matter what I do because god 's in control. How many of you know god 's not in control yes. now god 's in control over everything, and god 's got a plan. Yeah. Do you understand that? He's not wringing his hands up in heaven. These guys are just, I mean, I didn't think they would ever get this crazy. God knew everything. God's not doing that. But God gave power to the church. He gave power to Jesus. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and in earth is given unto me. And he turned around and he delegated that power to the church. And God gave it to us to walk. He said, we are heirs, you know, join heirs, you know, heirs according to the promise. He gave it to us. Hallelujah. And see, the thing about it is, when you understand the sovereignty of God is that God is sovereign to his word. God's word cannot fail. And God will back his word up if you believe it. It'll back back his word up. Have you ever had something linger? Have you ever had sickness, aches, pain, whatever, or, or... poverty, things that have lingered in your life. It seems like it's just not breaking free. I think we hit a a nerve on that one. And, uh, And one of the reasons that it is, most of the time, if a problem goes for a long period of time, it's a mouth problem. It simply means that you've been negating your faith. Even though you truly do believe, the problem is, is that you haven't connected your heart with it yet. Because when you connect your heart with it, I like to say this, I I know when I've connected my heart with it, it's when I get mad. It's when I'm like, okay, devil, all right, all right. We've been playing, you've been messing, you've messed long enough, and now we got to fight. And here we go. And the only way I know to do that is that's when I take hold and say, here's what we're gonna do is with the word of God. And I'm gonna hook my heart up with it. I am gonna truly believe what is it. Now God, show me what I need to do. We're not doing nothing until we know. And then we're gonna and we're gonna go tear the devil's kingdom down. Amen. How do, he's continually and it's enough's enough. And you but you and you hook your heart up with it. And then you know. Then you do speak by faith. Then you do have a confession of faith. Then you do have a rhema in your mouth. And things begin to start changing. And even though they don't change on the outside, they changed here. They changed here. Because you're never going to get it out here until it's in here. Until you see it. If you don't believe... That healing's for you You're not going to get healed If you don't believe That prosperity is for you You're not going to prosper Yeah you're going to get your needs met Yeah you're going to get But if you don't believe God wants to Now everybody's going to fight you Everybody's going to come against you They're going to say You're just one of those But don't worry about that Take hold of the promises of God You just take hold of the promises of God And you say I'm going to walk with the presence of God Because through say Well I just don't know If it's the will of God Well here is the will of God This is the will of God. His word and his will are the same. Amen? And people are saying, well, I know God can. I know God can. Did you know that your blessing, your healing, your prosperity, your life, all the joy is not based on what God can do? It's not based on what God can do. It's based on you understanding the willingness of God, of what God's willing to do for you and what you believe that he'll do for you. See, all things are possible to him that believes. The guy there in Mark chapter 9, he said, Jesus, if you can do anything, take care of my son, do something. Jesus said, what You mean? What do you mean if I can do anything? What can you believe if you can believe anything? It's not a matter of what God can do. We all know what God can do. We all know the ability of God. Amen. But do we know the willingness of God? And that's where everybody else. They don't think they don't think it's God's will to heal. They don't think it's God's will to bless. They don't think it's God's will to give an answer. Amen. But God said it was. God said He ordered your steps. God said, "Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world." God said, you're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. God said that by Jesus' stripes, you're healed, that he and Jesus himself bore you in front. He said, so you can walk in. God said, he's got truth from the word of God that he wants to meet and supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. See, God promised, but what did he promise? He promised all those things I just said. But you've got to find the promises for yourself. And you've got to find the promise in his word. You've got to say, hey, wait a minute, God promised. Now, I don't know about you. But that's the key is, is that words are the most powerful things we have and the word of God is the most powerful thing we have. So we've got to realize if God promised, God, you promised. God, you promised. God, you promised. Hallelujah. Amen. See, it's now that we belong to Christ, then are we Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Galatians 3, 29. It's all ours. Everything that God did for Abraham in the old covenant and everything that he did in Christ, it all belongs to us. Amen? I mean, we've got to base our faith on the Word of God no matter how we feel. And It's not denying how you feel. It's not wrong to, to try to take care of the symptoms. What is wrong is when you don't allow God to take care of the source. God said that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. He also said that we're to live By believing and not by seeing. And we got to trust him. So it's not like I'm waiting for this to happen. No, I'm not looking for this. I'm not believing for it. I'm believing in. I am standing on the promises. I'm standing in the promises. And the promises are being fulfilled because all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ. They're mine. They're mine. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe God said. Amen? Faith never denies the reality of things. It only changes it. It, does, it tells it that it does not have the right to stay. Amen? People get all crazy in it, and they want to just deny things and they end up dying. You know my wonderful saying, don't let your faith kill you. Because when it's true faith, it works. When it's real faith, it's of the heart, and no one, no one can change it. No one can change it for you. No one. Hallelujah. You, you do it, and it's so wonderful. Hallelujah. And it's, it's 8.02. I went a little farther. It's longer than I should have. Hallelujah. But I was excited. I still got a page and a half of notes. I'm ready to go here. We haven't even got into the second half here of some things. But um, I want to stir your heart. He promised. Do you know that God promised that the the Latter-day Church would be brighter than the the former? That that we're supposed to be getting brighter and brighter and brighter, that God's hand is upon us? Amen? And we are in that hour, and he's, he's commissioned you and me. Amen? He's commissioned you and me. Aren't you excited? I'm excited about that. But he promised. He promised. And who's the he? God. God promised these things for us. We just have to find out the promise. I love that old song, Standing on the Promises that Cannot Fail. Amen? Amen. I like it. I like all the old hymns. I love those things because it changes. It realizes this is what we're taking hold of. We believe it and we're going to walk in line with the word of it. So we're not believing for, we're believing in. We're not believing for a manifestation. We are believing in the promises of God which will cause everything to be manifested in our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Lord, I hope that I've had an introduction and started this thing out okay because we need to take hold of it as the body of Christ. Hallelujah, we need to grab a hold of this I, because so many times the enemy is always trying to push everything that we need and everything that we desire and everything that you have for us. It's like a, it's a dangling out. It's like, when I ain't believing, I, I don't see it yet. And Father, let us see it. Let us believe in the. let us know that the promise is now. All of your promises are yes and amen. Now, you're not withholding any good thing from us. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we honor you for it. We love you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray amen, and amen, hallelujah, well, I, I, I trust I didn't beat you up too much, or I trust that you guys are okay, that you're stirring your hearts, that, uh, you know, we've got to get you into now, we've got to get into this is what we need to do right now, because the enemy's always trying to to tell us that we don't have, we can't get, and we already have, amen, and we're going to get into the book of Ephesians. The first chapter of the book of Ephesians is so awesome. It's all about I have, I had, and I have. It's all about past tense, and it's all about the things that we have. Amen? Hey, we're going to worship God with our with our tithes and offerings here tonight. So if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you, or if you're doing your phone, you can do all that. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're, we're getting everything situated this month. This month is a very busy month for us to get all of the year-end stuff done and all of the... So we'll be getting out your... Uh, Um, giving records and all this stuff will be coming out but it'll be coming out by uh, email right that's what we're going to do like we did last year and everything the same way (laughs) oh they're going to be able to do it this way it's different oh yeah you can look at your thing on on our app and get it all right now you guys could have already had it and done with it you don't even have to wait on us praise God that takes the pressure all off on a lot of things that's good now we know that half of you are going to ask us to get it for you but that's okay we can do that too but we, we really want you to do it yeah Ah, there we go. So, no, it's going to be good. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray over this offering. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you, love you, and praise you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for meeting and supplying all of you. We thank you that 2023 is going to even be greater than 2022, and 2022 was great. And so, Lord, we thank you in every area of our life. Father, we believe that. We believe that because it's now. We are closer to Jesus coming, and we just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive the offering here. Praise God. Uh, Hey, this coming Friday, 7 o'clock, is the marriage uh, retreat, which we've got lots of couples coming to that. This coming Sunday morning is, uh, Gia and Ilka will be here, and then he'll, of course, not only Sunday morning, but also Sunday night. So we're believing God. Like I told you, uh, his, uh, his message is the camels are coming, the camels are, are here, and also the camels are gonna be, how do you unload your camels? So it's gonna be fun to hear what he has to say, and, uh, you know, so we just know that it's gonna be good. He has, the, he has a unique way of bringing things out, and, uh, he has an anointing on his life. You know, he has a healing anointing, gifts of the spirit. So we're believing for supernatural things to happen. Amen. And so also just want you to keep your, keep, keep, in prayer all of the couples. Cause you know what? We can all learn. We can all be better at what we do. Amen. So we thank God for that. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up. I love you. God loves you. You are dismissed. Be blessed. Amen. God bless you all watching. We'll see you on Sunday.